G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. An unusual conversation today about where the armies of the world get their values from with a special focus on the biblical ethical foundation in the Israeli army. As you know, as Christian believers, we recognize God's plan that Jesus was born a Jew with the rich heritage of the Jewish people. Well, the world he was born into was shaped by the values forged in the formation of the nation of Israel that we read about in the Hebrew Scriptures. So it should not be a surprise that the modern state of Israel may have adopted those values at the centre of how their armed forces function. Well, a special visitor to Australia this week is Dr. Tuvia Book. He is the author of a book called Moral Dilemmas of the Modern Israeli Soldier. Tuvia, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you very much. Tuvia, an amazing topic to talk about because I suspect most people don't think deeply about where armed forces get their values from, but this is not just theoretical for you because you were in fact in the Israeli Defence Force and served in an elite combat unit. Uh, Give us a little, in a nutshell, history of your own. Okay, so I grew up, uh, first of all, thank you for your warm welcome. Um, I grew up in uh, the United Kingdom and South Africa, so I hope you could understand my Pommy accent without the uh, colonial dialects translation. Uh, just a quick funny story. Uh, when I came to Australia, yes, I arrived two days ago. I presented the immigration official with my British passport, and one of the questions he asked me was, do you have any prior convictions? And I replied, I didn't realize that was still a requirement here. <laughs> anyway, Lucky had a good yeah. sense of humor. So I grew <laughs> yes. up in the United Kingdom and South Africa, and when I was 17, I went to Israel for gap year to study. My schooling was unusual because I went to both a Jewish school for four years and also a Church of England school, St. Thomas's School in England, for four years. So I grew up really surrounded by uh, believing Jews and Christians. My father is a rabbi who was the um, head of the Council for Jews and Christians in the United Kingdom. Uh, so a lot of uh, good Christian friends. And when I came to uh, Israel, when I was 17 for Gapia, I came to study Jewish texts in the yeshiva um, and to uh, work a bit to volunteer in Kibbutz to travel through the country and find out my relationship with the land of Israel as a Jew and as a believer. And one of the things that changed my life, I originally planned to come for a year, was meeting young Israeli kids my age who looked like me and dressed like me and played the same sports and heard the same music, but they were raised on the values that we say every day in one of our prayers from the book of Joshua, that we have to create a better world in the image of God. And that meant for them that when they finished high school, rather than just rush straight to university and think about themselves, they needed to pause and give back to their country and give back to their people as well. And for them, it was a given that when they finished high school, they go and volunteer for armed service for three years or national service. 
And I didn't grow up in those values because I grew up in outside of Israel. They really impressed me. And my mother's family was all uh, murdered in the Holocaust except for her parents. And she grew up in a very small family, a mother, father, brother, and sister. One of the reasons why they were, why they were killed was nobody to protect them. They had nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. All right. And I remember thinking as, as a young 17-year-old, I should play my part as well. And that's what, that's what caused me to volunteer for the IDF and to serve in a combat unit. Serving in a combat unit and coming across this very uh, powerful and I might even say... Uh, uh, profound uh, philosophy, creating a better world in the image of God. And you've mm-hmm. seen that actually employed in the formation of the Israeli Defense Force. How does it look different to other armies that you've also looked at around the world? Well, one of the things that, um, that we understand in the Israeli army is when we're in the middle of basic training, uh, when we, have, we, we go to a religious site to swear allegiance to the state and the people, we go to the Western Wall, the Temple Mount. Whereas, believing Christians, you know, that's also where Jesus walked and prayed. And um, we receive, in addition to a rifle, we also receive a copy of the Bible. And one of the reasons why, because they want to emphasize the ethical and moral values that we're going to serve are those of religion and of uh, fear of God as well. I think that's pretty unique to any other army in the world. I don't know any other army when you do an induction into your unit where you get a copy of the, the Lord's Bible. So Jewish soldiers get the Jewish Bible, uh, the Old Testament. Uh, Christian soldiers that are Christians who serve in the IDF receive a copy of the New Testament. And Muslim soldiers receive a copy of the Koran. And the idea is to show that it's not just military service, but rather it is an ethical, moral military service based on uh, belief. And your, re- your research then into these moral and ethical foundations in armed defence forces has been very significant, no doubt eye-opening, and uh, I guess when you get to speak on these things, uh, people are absolutely astounded to hear that there is that foundation in the Israeli defence force. Absolutely. In fact, one of the interesting things about Israel is in Israel's declaration of independence, uh, one of the key sentences is, that the land of Israel was the birthplace of the Jewish people, and here they first attained statehood and created cultural values of national and universal significance and gave the world the eternal book of books. So even the Declaration of Independence of the state itself mentions uh, the Bible as the foundation, as a founding text. And um, interestingly enough, one of the biggest uh, international defenders of morality and ethics of the IDF is a... Uh, gentleman by the name of Colonel Richard Kemp, and he was a former commander of forces in Afghanistan in the British Army. He's a Roman Catholic, and um, you would think on the surface he really he's not really connected. He's not Jewish. He didn't serve in his own defense forces, yet he's on record as saying that the Israeli defense forces is the most ethical and moral army in the world, and he gives many reasons why. Undoubtedly, there are critics of the Israeli Defense Force, and particularly Mm -hmm. when there is conflict, and uh, knowing that it's not Israel that actually initiates those conflicts, but in defense, Mm -hmm. uh, there are all sorts of people who are out to uh, bring down the reputation of the Israeli Defense Force. How do you see these ethics that found the Israeli Defense Force uh, when there are criticisms that people make 
about the way that they might respond, say, in a Palestinian context or when there are various conflicts that develop around Israel and the defence forces are called to respond? Well, first of all, let me start off by saying a quote from the Talmud that says, don't judge anybody until you're in their spot. So it's very easy for these armchair critics to sit thousands of kilometers away and say, oh, they should have done this, they should have done that. But when you're actually there, the reality is very different. What I can tell you is I did serve in Lebanon and in Gaza and in the territories and all the trouble spots. I was a combat medic in my unit. And uh, I've never once in all my years of service received any kind of order that I thought was morally ambiguous or questionable. That I can tell you. I can also tell you that the Israeli Defense Forces is the only army in the world that loses the element of surprise and warns the civilian population of an impending attack. No other army does that, because the enemy who we're facing is not another army in the conventional sense of the word, wearing a uniform, like face each other like in the Napoleonic Wars. Today's enemy is a terrorist organization embedded within a civilian population, which adds a lot of complexity to how exactly one should fight it. Interestingly, when you are responding, when there's been an attack, uh, this idea of responding ethically and, as you were sharing, creating a better world in the image of God, the recognition that even your enemy is created in the image of God, how does that help Mm -hmm. to shape the way that a defence force might respond? Okay, so I'll give you an an example about... um Sometime last year, I was visiting with a group of uh, students, uh, and we went to an air force base in the south, southern part of Israel, and we, were, we had an interview with a pilot. Now, this pilot served in the Gaza conflict, and amongst the things that he said uh, was that he was once um, told to go out on a mission and to bomb a house in Gaza, which there were known terrorists hiding inside the house. He went on to say that he flew 13 sorties and every single time the mission was aborted until the 14th time. The reason why it was aborted because in addition to sending out a, a warplane to bomb the terrorist target, there's always drones in the air and there's people monitoring what's going on around the target. So the first 13 times he went out, the drones who were monitoring it, the drone operators, aborted the mission because they felt there will be a danger to civilian lives as well. So one of the, because everyone again is created in God's image. So one of the students asked the pilot, weren't you frustrated? You got on your plane, you loaded up, you flew out 30 times, and every time the mission was aborted. He says, no, on the contrary, not only was I not frustrated, I was proud to belong to such a moral and ethical army that would consider the importance of human life. And it's amazing how we might reflect on Western nations and uh, we'll include, of course, Israel into this mix of Western nations that might include Australia. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts on whether or how these same values might be permeating through Western nations that set their defence forces apart from perhaps other nations with more Eastern thought. Yes, yeah, so I think that a big part of the, of the Western defense, the Judeo-Christian forces, is they also have unit chaplains as well. And these chaplains can inspire the Word of God through the men and women who are serving and understand that we're not here as attackers, we're not here as aggressive forces. The example of Israel is called the Israeli Defense Forces, 
we're here to protect uh, our ideas and our beliefs from the uh, ravages of extremism. And I think that in addition to uh, your actual military officers, I think that your chaplains, your rabbis, your priests uh, can also offer a very much a focus of what exactly the mission is. Tuvi, a lot of uh, nations uh, in the West are moving more secular than spiritual in the sense of adhering to the sorts of Judeo-Christian values we're talking about. What sort of risks are there for defence forces, do you think, into the future if they neglect such a rich heritage and if those values are lost? Uh, What would be your warning there? We always need to remember, uh, if you don't... the, The problem also with religion as well is that if you just only follow the words of your preacher or rabbi or imam and don't think about what they're saying to you. That can also lead to fanaticism as well. You also need to understand that one of the foundations of Judaism, for example, is the freedom of choice. Well, it's important to know what you're fighting for and why you're fighting. So if you don't, there's not really a point of being there. What is the point of being in this world? What is the point of being in a defense force? You need to protect certain moral and ethical values. Um, and with a small secular world, I think that it would just lead to uh, confusion and chaos without actually being focused on what we are here for. And again, we're here to make the world better in God's image, and also we're here to understand that all humans are made in God's image, and we need to treat everybody with respect and dignity that they themselves deserve. Because by honoring our fellow human beings, that's how we honor the Creator. Well, Dr. Tuvia Book is in Australia, and for listeners who are in southeast Queensland, you may want to explore this a little further. It's not the ordinary type of topic that you might ordinarily hear from any visiting speaker, but this is a topic that will be addressed along with some other very important issues with regard to apartheid. Uh, is Israel an apartheid state or a multicultural society? Another one of the topics that will be discussed. But I can point people to this meeting that's on coming up Thursday. It's organised by the Jewish Board of Deputies in Queensland. It's on Thursday the 20th of June, starts at 7pm. You will need to make an email contact in order to find out the venue. Here's the email address to write down to be part of that meeting and to see Dr. Tuvia Book speak. Advocacy at qjbd.org. That's advocacy at qjbd.org. Tuvia Book, uh, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. I'll point people to a book that you've written called Moral Dilemmas of the Modern Israeli Soldier. So, Tuvia, thanks for being with us today on 2020. It's an absolute pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.